Introducing a quintessential king and priest, Julian Kuehler. Julian Kuehler is an accomplished business leader and serial fintech entrepreneur. In 2010, he founded the Mode Group, a fintech company spanning over 26 countries in Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. As founder and chairman of Dola City, Julian was a key negotiator in the government of Kenya and UNOPS agreement to deliver 100,000 affordable homes in Kenya. He sits on several boards across the world with links to global leaders in various sectors. As a man of faith, Julian believes the church and business are two worlds that can complement each other if the right balance is achieved. He is the founder and senior pastor of Ruach Assemblies, a ministry of the Purpose Center Church based in Nairobi, Kenya. He's a highly distinguished leader and conference speaker who has a genuine passion for God and a passion for settling God's people. As a sought-after speaker, Julian has graced various platforms across the world, including Oxford University, various Silicon Valley events, and SIBOs in Singapore. He was recognized as the 2015 CNBC East Africa Entrepreneur of the Year, 2012 IBM Global Entrepreneur, and a top 40 under 40 Kenyan entrepreneur on two occasions. It featured in Forbes magazine, Bloomberg International, and the New York Times. He's married to Amanda Kula and they're blessed with three sons, Nolan, Nehemiah, and Noah. Together, they are passionately committed to raising kingdom champions who are empowered for increasing kingdom culture and impact on the earth. Today, we are incredibly honored as Bishop Julian Kula shares success secrets of kings and priests with us at All Abuja. Let us give them a special welcome. I want to appreciate in all honesty and love and gratitude um, the gift in our host today. Um, Prof, I honor God for you. Uh, they call you Mrs. A, they call you Prof. Um, and I just want to say thank you very much uh, Professor Adeno, for this amazing opportunity to be able to speak here to your wonderful husband, Mr. Adeno. Thank you for the honor and invitation um, to Abuja, uh, to my friend, um, Madam First Lady Emi Madubuko. Thank you so much for connecting me to this grace. Truly an ambassador from Kenya. I just want to boast about her a little bit and to thank God for you for God brought you here so that uh, Kenya can have a voice in Nigeria. <laughs> Amen. Um, most times I'd meet my friends from Nigeria, they'd say, where is Kenya? Where is this small country? And then when they come now, they say, oh, wow. We didn't know there was a treasure in East Africa. So there's something God's doing between us. To all the amazing graces of God, bishops and servants of God here, I honor the grace on your lives. And I thank God for each of you, to every delegate, um, that is present, um, every leader in corporate, every leader in church, praise the Lord. I just have a few minutes with you. Um, I, was, um, I was not sure if I was going to make it, but you have a, a leader who um, uh, doesn't walk in the trajectory of maybe, or we will see. She walks in the trajectory of faith of it must happen. 
And so as a result, here we are today. Um, the, the calendar for 2023 <laughs> was absolutely full. And if you speak to any servant of God, they will tell you January is that sacred month um, that, is, that is very, very difficult to, um, um, to, 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 to move about too much. So I'm very, very humbled to be here. I understand people have traveled from all over the world to be here today. So I salute you, captains of industry that are kingdom champions. In the few minutes I have with you, I, I, I was still trying to get the room and understand. So I know you're, you're really trying to find out if um, Prof's guest has any substance. I'm also, I'm also trying to figure you out. Um, so as we figure each other out, I pray for the grace of God. Shall we pray as I begin? Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing opportunity to share a few minutes with your children. I pray as I share these few nuggets that your grace will go before me, that, Father, in this opportune time of destiny, that you will continually guide my every move and conversation. As we have this kingly conversation, be glorified in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I bring you greetings from my lovely wife and three sons, as you've seen, and just continue to pray. They keep telling me the fourth one is going to be a girl. Um, but um, that's a conversation for another day. I just have a few minutes with you. I came with a few sons. I thank God for them joining me here today. Um, but shall we jump into the presentation I have for you so that we can also take time and hear the key speaker for today? Um, I, I, um, if, you, if you look at the next slide, it's just a statement I like giving especially because God's given me the grace to be both in the church and in the marketplace. I'm not sure who divided those two. I don't think they should ever be divided. I don't think there's a God of the marketplace and a God of the church. We have one Father. And I think what happens is that we're in a training ground even on Sundays, and we execute everything we've heard and understand. So uh, God never gives you a dream that matches your budget. Um, I believe he's not checking for your bank account, he's checking for your faith. And this helps me in the different challenges I've had in the things that God has helped us to build in dealing with particularly two injustices I deal with because I believe that the throne of God is built on uh, the throne of righteousness and justice. Two injustices that he's given me to deal with is one, housing, which is settling his people. And in that, we're involved in thousands and thousands of houses in settling our country people um, to be able to find affordable housing, decent affordable housing, and at the same time in the finance sector where we are involved in um, reimagining and reemerging in how we do credit. Um, I believe um, I came with one of my sons who used to be our general manager for my previous company. Uh, we, we figured out how to lend digitally and how to do it with decency. So uh, we're going around the world releasing what we call zero interest credit. To do this for millions of people, and, and I know you're wondering how is that possible. <laughs> I know Mr. Adeno is looking at me like, I'd love to see your business model, it cannot survive. Uh, it has survived, it is a decent business model. To couple that with kingdom and to be able to serve, I believe in my previous company we were serving 300 million people across Africa, Asia, Minor, uh, India, and um, uh, all the way down to the Philippines. 
it was such an amazing thing to go around the world. And so the things I bring you, I don't think are theoretical. I think they're practical, been practiced, built, and shown. To speak to kingdom champions like this, the next slide shows me why it's possible to achieve these things. The Bible says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, this treasure in jars of clay, to show that the suppressing power belongs to God and not to us. So, allow me to delve into the subject of authority. Now, I put on a particular hat to speak to you today. I put on the heart of kingship. And I believe I need to deliver a kingship message to you for there to be understanding. Um, in understanding the whole theory, next slide, of authority, I need you to see something. What is authority? It's the ability to decide or to act without hindrance. It's the power, the ability, the cap capability, and capacity to complete an action. And so, anything that hinders us from completing this action is actually not authorized in the heavenly realm. The book of Lamentations says that to subvert a man in his cause, the Lord does not approve. Anytime a man finds his cause, I believe it's backed with every heavenly power and authority to achieve that thing. The backbone, the wherewithal, the weaponry, everything you need, the artillery you need. This is why the armor doesn't say the armor of men. It says the armor of God. I hope that's not my clock. <laughs> it says the armor of God. That means that it is actually God's armor. It means it's the armor God uses for war. And therefore, we don't put on our own armor. We put on God's armor. Because that statement there says it's God's armor. So delegated authority in the form of a warrant, license, or authorization to perform. As you travel around the world, you must become a student of time to realize. I know we may say it from the pulpits, but it is not a lie. This is truly Africa's time. It's not a cliche statement. It is not anything to be ashamed of. It is a fact that we are living in a time that God is about to raise Africa. However... However, anytime there's responsibility, there has to be uh, an alignment with what it is we're supposed to do regarding that responsibility. So I want you to remember this, that delegated authority in the form of a warrant, a license, or authorization to perform. In my country, I was about to launch a product and I was asked to hold off by the Reserve Bank of Kenya. And because for the kind of volumes and the kind of things I'm gonna do, they need me to have a license. The moment I have a license, I can operate within the perimeters of that license. And that means I must put in place certain compliance measures to be able to move in that realm and in that direction. So I'm rushing these things because I want to get to my ninth slide, which has my substance. Um, that means that there are certain resources that we all have for our assignment. And I want to just deliberate on a few of these today by using this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. Next slide. It says, yet we do not speak, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. Please look at a mature neighbor. And if you're not next to one, I suggest you move to one because today we have to be in the company of maturity. Are you ready for some real talk? 
He says, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. I thank God that this continent is in debt. I thank God <laughs> that this continent is having the current um, situation it's in. I thank God that people are sitting everywhere looking at the fiscal policies on every part of this continent and can't find answers. That tells me the stage has been set. There is absolutely nothing to shout or scream or be happy about when stages are not set for the children of the lights to emerge. Mm -hmm. So, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages of our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So what does God do? I want to show you a few things, and then I'll come home in a minute. Just take the pictures of the slides if you need to. Just next slide, please. The Bible says, for behold, I usually take three days to give you what I'm giving you in 15 minutes. So come with me. Bible says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth, thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen, will be seen upon you. It's not a suggestion, it's going to happen. And then Isaiah 60 verse 2 says, and nations shall come to your light. What draws nations to, your, to you is your light, not anything else but your light. However, what draws kings to you is not just your light. There's an additional level. What will draw kings to you is the brightness of your rising. By the time you get Queen Sheba to suspend her itinerary to come and visit you, there must be something about your kingship that is causing other kings to come. And that means the brightness of your rising is something that is on another level besides just coming to your light. Remember, I've had the privilege uh, one time I was at the White House and President Bush was coming down. I was a young man and I cannot explain to you the, the feeling I had as he was coming down those stairs. Um, he, was, he, was, he was in some amazing glamour. Kings have light. If you've ever been next to a president and how I know, how I know is that I've met former presidents and they don't necessarily have the same light they had while they were in power. There's something about when you are on your throne and when you have the, uh, the power and the mandate and the authority at that time, there's something about you. So kings have their light. For kings to schedule to visit you, there must be a light that is shining brighter than theirs. And therefore, no king is going to come and pay attention. No multi-billionaire is going to come pay attention to your million-dollar business if something about that business is not shining brighter than theirs. So, resources... Please pay attention. Resources are released by your light. So when I've sat to convince people to give me, and I'm saying this in all humility, I'm not saying it to try and pounce on you that I'm important. The secret I learned many years ago in how I've built some of the entities that God has given me the ability to build is that I don't have all the money and resources I need. How do I get a billionaire to pay attention to my idea? I release light. What draws them is my light. I've had to learn their language. Nehemiah did not speak his own language. He spoke the language of the king. I've had to learn to change 
my thought process to understand that God is not a Kenyan, neither is he a Nigerian, that God, God holds the entire universe in the palm of his hands, and therefore I must tap into the language of kings to be able to get resources released for my vision. Glory be to God. And so I'm able to achieve that by understanding these basic things. So next slide will show you. So what does God do? God conceals it first. God hides these things. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the honor of kings to search it out. Right? So I can come to Nigeria. I'm going to be around most of next week. And I'm going to be doing something significant. I had a project, I have a number, I have certain things I need to achieve before I leave Nigeria. I must leave Nigeria with about $20 million. I will leave on Friday with it. How do I know? I have never gone anywhere unprepared. I've never gone anywhere without understanding this. It doesn't matter, your number could be 100 million. And it's from Nigerians. <laughs> and so all I want you to understand is that resources are drawn to your light. Glory be to God. I don't know if I'm speaking the right English. Are you understanding me? Are you catching something? Because I, I was told I'm coming to speak to kings. Kings of industry. So I'm just giving you some very quick secrets and, and, and snippets. Um, when kings come to my rising, what should I do? Because it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But the honor... That's a whole different dimension. Please just keep going until the slide is full. It's the honor of kings to search it out. Any king that does not have searching capability is going to end up in shame. And therefore, you must ask God to give you the ability to understand radar, obedience, and to be stimulated enough never to waste too much time on things. I'm confused when I find a king spending five hours on Instagram because... Time is an asset. And for you to spend five hours a day on Instagram, if it's not your primary source of revelation, is an error. You don't have that kind of time. Could you tell a neighbor for me, you don't have that luxury? Something has to get you out of that bed. Something has to get you up early enough to do what needs to be done. So what do I do when kings come to my rising? God, who pours out a blessing, an idea, a heaven-born idea. Just keep going, please. Uh, a heaven-born idea. Uh-huh. Keep going. That's what I wanted. So he enables me to share the idea. What is that idea? Revelation. <laughs> so what God gives you is a revelation. An idea. The weapons of our warfare are not kernel, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds so that we can deal with warped philosophies, warped ideologies, uh, Dr. Monroe used to tell us, you cannot kill terrorism with a bullet. Terrorism is an ideology. Ideologies must be countered with other ideologies. If you try to take out terrorism with a bullet, you will create 10 other terrorists. But if you are able to then deal with terrorism as an ideology, what the weapons of our warfare are to release new ideology, new light that then is able to conceal that darkness, and that darkness cannot comprehend it. Come on, somebody. And so, when God gives me that, then I'm with someone who has resources because I have unlocked something for him that he didn't have before. So, you must be a student of seasons and times. This is not the time 
my fellow ministers of the gospel, I say this in all humility, this is not the time for Africa to go to America and display children with ash and flies on their faces for charity. This is the time for Africa to go and be able to demonstrate that we have sustainable, beautiful businesses that they can partner with us and therefore, we are no longer living in the season of charity. We're living in the season of sustained development. Sustainable development. That means that I'm hosting a delegation of people in Kenya this end of January. Um, over 40 of them. People that were involved in very large charities to Africa. They have completely changed their models. And now no longer want to look at things in that model. They want to come and speak to people with a level of sophistication, a language they understand, and understand that if I'm going to help you with your affordable housing models, how can you give me a 25-year comfortable way in which I don't lose my investment and make something out of it while helping you? Glory be to God. So the time for the Mr. Adeno was of this time, who used to sit in the back bench of church, has come for them to take the front seat in renegotiating banking policies, lobbying for the right policies because it is illegal for an African to pay 20% on a mortgage. Are you hearing me? Because in 20 years, you'll have bought five houses. And therefore, the church must get involved in what we call injustices. So, my final slide that I wanted to get to. So what did God do? Just keep going. What did God hide from them? God hid knowledge. I don't know about you, but in Africa right now, we're going through a second colonization. I don't want to go into too much detail. But we're in a financial colonization. People don't have to be on the ground to colonize you as long as their money is here. So I really believe that a season of God raising Daniels and Josephs has come. Esthers and Ruths must arise. This is no longer the time um, for this um, continuous harassment to happen because Josephs come when the stage is set. There's a knowledge lacking. There's something God has hidden from even our leaders in Africa. And it's going to take people that he's about to position in these interesting places to begin to release light. These people are rising, and I want to deal with three things that affect revelation. Here are three things that are going to affect all of us. Next slide, please. Or just next click. Mm -hmm. Keep going. I'm almost done. Number one, and this is something I believe in and teach a lot environment. I came to Nigeria to speak for a good friend of mine uh, in Benin. And maybe some of you are used to certain things, but in my country, we're not used to the kind of big meetings you hold here in Nigeria. I came and I thought it was madness. I've never seen so many people in one place at the same time. I went ahead and just got on stage like I did today and I said, praise the Lord, and I was not expecting the response I got. <laughs> I have never heard such a thunderous amen in my life. I was standing there and I was, you know, if anyone was observing me, I was a little shaken because I have never seen so many people. So here I was getting exposure. And because of my environment, there are certain things I hadn't been exposed to. 
So I come, and it was absolutely intimidating to find so many people. By God's grace, we ministered and did what I had to do. And I remember learning and observing and spending time when I'd see what Bishop Oyedebo was doing. I'd say, aha. I became a student because I had never had this kind of exposure. And then I saw Papa Adeboye. What was he doing? I said, aha. I said, then, then I prayed and asked God, why did you expose me to this? He said, because I'm about to bring a revival in Kenya. Now, in 2022, I dared God. And I began to prepare for a meeting. And I kid you not, never before, since 1975, 1980, my sister is here, she can testify. My brothers are here from Kenya. We have never seen a meeting of that magnitude. Lesson, every time you get exposure, it's a picture. And every time you have a picture, it's because of something you're supposed to do. Our exposure to the houses on the hill, to state houses, are not for selfies. Every time we have exposure to higher offices, therefore something God wants to do in our midst. Are you catching something? And therefore, I think one of the things that affects environment is that, um, I wrote something here that I think is very important for you, that... There's something I believe in Maslow's pyramid of human needs that he puts down in the hierarchy of needs that um, incentive is a positive or negative environmental stimulus that motivates behavior. We are all products of environment. We are all products of a particular type of environment, and that's why I put the next thing there as teacher. I'm almost done. Three more minutes. Where's my clock? Okay, I have, this is a very interesting clock. I have four minutes. Good more than enough time to finish what I want to say. Listen, <sighs> environment is a very key thing. It scares me. I actually am more comfortable in my boots in the marketplace than I am in the church. It scares me to be a teacher. Why? I have a pastor from Nigeria. He came from a particular part of Nigeria. Now, um, he, our ministry has transformed into a name called Ruak. So he spells Ruak for people. He says, I want all of you to go to Ruak. Then he spells it R-O-U-A-C-H. And all of us Kenyans are looking at him and saying, what is Aro? <laughs> and I'm sure some of you are also wondering, right? But he came from a particular teaching environment that said it is Aro. Nobody can convince him otherwise. Therefore, it tells me that the impact of your teacher in your environment created a particular bias. Our biases have come from our environments of teaching. Therefore, I believe that that brings out the word doxology. Doxology simply means how I, how I praise God. It's a very simple word. But my teacher will influence my execution, which is my praxology. How I do my things will be influenced by who has taught me how to do those things. Hmm. And then I read my Bible, and we appear before God as servants of God and begin to tell him, this is how I know that they were servants of God. He says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And that should scare me to a very high level of fear. And when I say fear here, I mean fear, not reverence, but fear, fear. That if this is God saying, I knew you not, they say, but Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. That means it is possible for us to do the work and to miss heaven. Why? Because... It is when Elon Musk and team were launching the first rocket, and when the teams from NASA have been trying to launch rockets to the moon, there was a physicist who said that if you miss by one degree, if you launch and miss by one degree, you will actually not land on the moon, you'll land on another planet. 
One degree of error is enough to cause an entire continent to miss it. And therefore God says, study to show yourself approved, not to men. Unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing. So we must become scholars so that we can burst out of our environment. The same butterfly in the cocoon cannot survive in that environment. Please allow me to say this. Um, the same environment that incubated you for birth, if you stay too long, can kill you and the, and the host. So in understanding times and seasons, you must become a student of understanding what time is this because I cannot do a Moses thing in a Joshua time. Nothing wrong with Moses, but Joshua's time requires Joshua type of execution. And how much time am I spending on doing what my father did when I need to understand that I'm never supposed to do what my father did. I'm supposed to stand on their shoulders and go further. So if they built great churches, then we must build great cities. Wow. The whole aspect, I'm convinced, and no one can convince me otherwise, the entire aspect about, um, is my presentation still up? The whole aspect of execution must come from a place where we now will see a blend between kingship and priesthood. And I believe Africa has been very, for, for very long on the leg of priesthood. But there are two legs, kings and priests. It's actually a blend. I found out the other day that if I go and uh, somebody recommended for me to go make a smoothie, I went and blended the thing. I don't like avocados. Do you have avocados here? I don't like avocados. I blended the whole thing and it was a little bland. I forgot to turn the page because I was supposed to mix it with a few things. And I was asking myself, if I'm eating the avocado just like this, I might as well have used a spoon and eaten it. But when I turned the page, I realized that I was supposed to put some two teaspoons of this, three teaspoons of that, blend with some banana. The whole aspect of that smoothie tasting good and being able to be nutritious for what I needed was because it was blended. To just blend a king, a priest alone is non-effective. So he has not made us priests only. He has made us kings and priests. There's a royal dimension to our existence. And Africa, I believe the answer is coming from the most powerful institution on the face of the earth, which is the church. I believe there's about to be a redefining in this Kairos moment of what it is that we are going to see coming together in that blend. And Nigeria, maybe you take it for granted as a country, but you have begun to lead the way. I'm here to make an announcement that you've been leading the way that many of us are seeing. And you do have... I'm not sure it's a good thing. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to package that picture and export it. Hmm. Is my thing still up? So, my teacher affects my, the way I look at things. And so I've tried to tell my dear pastor, it is R. He says, no, it is arrow. Because I grew up taught that this is how it's done. I pray that God will break our cocoons of thinking today to emerge us into the place of existence and relevance to understand why he gives us things like access. Access to power, access to state houses. Um, our president called us all for meetings because he was giving God thanks for being elected as our president. But when we went there, we prayed in tongues. He said, I want you to do something. We've made our state house an altar. We all celebrated 5,000 of us uh, ministers that are leaders in my country. 
But my heart was breaking because I could hear whispers from the older men saying, we've done it. We've done it. Four weeks later, he announced his cabinet. None of us were on his cabinet. So we are relevant to him for numbers, but we're not relevant for leadership. It takes a blend to become relevant in the places where decisions are made. Somebody say amen. Please give me my last uh, piece over here so that I can give you. So you must become a scholar of these four laws. I don't have the time. My time is up. When I come back next time, <laughs> that's how you invite yourself to meetings. When I come back next time, I will deal with some of these laws in helping us understand the law of spiritual momentum. I do believe that God is not a man that he should lie. That every one of us as his children has a responsibility for growth. And growth is not comfortable. There's nothing I'm doing. Every level that God has taken me to has been very uncomfortable. And so there's a law called the law of spiritual momentum. And that means that one of the things I believe that Prof is going to do for us is that none of us is allowed to come back here next year as we are right now. Amen. That none of us is allowed to be stagnant. And as I'd say in my country, you're not allowed to have the same hairstyle next year. <laughs> That's a joke. You're not allowed to. Listen, stagnation is not acceptable in the things of the kingdom. We move from glory to glory, Romans 1.17. This is a from faith to faith dimension. And because revelation is constantly, um, God has finished in giving us truth, but we are constantly discovering truth. Amen? So there's also the law of self-control, the law of conviction, and the law of time. Let me just deal with the law of conviction for one minute, and then I'll sit down. In the law of conviction, there must be there must be, and please, Church of Jesus Christ, hear me. There must be a conviction every one of us has that what I believe collaborates with my pattern of behavior. That means if there is a, if there is a form of lapse between what I am claiming to be and how I am doing what I'm doing, that in itself does not uh, pay tribute to the law of conviction. So if we believe we are kings, then we must behave like them. We must understand the things that God is doing. And I believe economies in this continent are going to shift and change. I believe I have a few friends that come from different uh, faiths. I've seen one family in my country build 20 mosques, one family. I believe that season is coming to the church where one family will build 20 churches and then go look for pastors. That there's a time coming when we will see economies shift and God is going to begin using us for the purposes that he has given us. I've come here as a son of the Kenyan soil to say to you, this is no longer a season of Nigeria versus Kenya. This is a season of kings and priests. That together we arise. That my victory becomes your victory. That if I'm able to understand those fiscal policies, then I can sit with your scholars here and understand how to deploy the exact same thing here. That now we've broken the barrier in my country for the next generation not to worry about shelter. That is a big accomplishment. I don't know if you understand it, but it is. That we got involved with the World Bank and with the nation and changed 47 laws. We had laws in my country, including the fact that you couldn't 
collect water from your roof because the colonists who put that law in 1935 were scared of the mosquito bug that was killing them by giving them malaria. But now we have changed 47 laws, 139 bylaws to make sure that my children can live in the city without moving out of the city affordably. And rent to own models have become alive. And as I speak to my members, I no longer tell them this is the year to get a house because I've prayed that many years and houses don't fall from heaven. What I've understood is that a time has come as the ministers are speaking it, somebody in their congregation is getting light. Light to solve a problem. As I've done that, resources have come from all over the world to say, how can we do this? We have more than enough for Kenya. And therefore, as we get ready to launch in Nigeria, is to say, if we have it in Kenya, you must have it here. And what you have in Nigeria, we must have it in Kenya, because I am your brother. I love you with the love of Christ, and thank you for giving me this time. <laughs>